1: Hello and welcome back to the Full Ten Yards NFL podcast. This is our Week Fifteen preview, and this is our first taste of Saturday football we've got of the year. Uh, and it's also our first full slate since Week Four as well. It's been it's been a long time coming. And joining me to break down all of the key games on UK TV this week uh, is Mr. Owen Cordell stepping in at the last minute for Liam Halsey, who unfortunately couldn't make the podcast. You're the you're the, uh, you're the last minute sub, mate. How are you doing? Great to have you on. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, hi, mate. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Getting a, getting a notice that can you do it I was like yeah go on then but no nah, it's a pleasure to be in like great, great slate look ahead to be fair
1: awesome we've got, uh, we got lots to get through uh, starting with Thursday Night Football we finally saw the end of not only Brandon Staley but also Tom Telesco as GM for the Chargers uh, after the Raiders sent the Chargers home packing in the first half scoring 42 points on the way to a 63-12 win um, on Thursday Night Football Um I've uh, been calling it for for it for ages. They really need to. They really need a complete change from top to bottom. Um, you know, I'd I I'd, I'd probably fire Kellen Moore too, if I'm being honest. This offense has just been horrific. They just need complete change. Um, they've been fired in the last hour or so, so the news is still very fresh. But initial thoughts, Owen?
0: I think is yeah, it's a right call. Definitely, they they very rarely make mid season changes to the Chargers, but I think they had to after that absolute. Devastation of a night last night, and it's the big thing is not only Stately gone but Telesco gone as well. I mean, without Herbert and Keenan, and last night it was always going to be a struggle for the charges but I don't think anyone expected was it 42 43 at one point?
1: Yeah, mental, yeah, for, 42 points 42 0 at half time, which is just horrific. Mm.
0: That's awful, but um, um gone. Oh no, it's
1: right. You. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say I've defended his defense a lot this year because I don't think Stadia's mm. defense has really been a problem. Uh, but this team just just hit self destruct mode in the last couple of weeks, especially after Justin Herbert was confirmed to be out for the year. Um, you know they let up nine touchdowns in this game, six in the first half, on their way to a score of game as well. Of course, it was a score a game. They've nothing sixty three twelve <laughs> before every week. Um, mm. You know, and you know when putting together the winning order for this week, I wasn't really going to talk about this game very much at all because you know I didn't imagine that we'd have. 84 points in one game and 12 total touchdowns. That's mental. And, um, and the Raiders weren't exactly outstanding offensively either. The, the, the Chargers just kept giving them more back to them. They turned ball over five times, and they just allowed Aiden O'Connell to do an excellent job at just dishing up a carvery, I think. It was, um, yeah, it was great stuff for the Raiders, I guess. I mean, it's not really about this year. Obviously, you're, you're basically already out the playoff running at 6-8. and eight. It's more just, um, yeah, just... Get, I mean, build, building up for next year with a new coach, Um and yeah, for the Chargers, it's just horrific, wasn't it?
0: Well, especially because they failed to score any points on Sunday, and they come into this Thursday night game, and there was a lot of question marks over their head, and they put up nine touchdowns, and it's got, like it's a good achievement for the Raiders. This uh Chargers lineup, which are just they, they something I had to give. I w- went into the game with a bad feeling for Chargers fans, and I didn't expect it to be that bad, but God, it was a car crash.
1: Yeah, uh, it really, really was. Right, we'll get on to the Saturday games first. We'll go for the f- the two earlier ones before going on to the prime time game. We'll start in Cincinnati, uh, which is the first of three games that all have playoff implications on Saturday, which is awesome. Both the Vikings and Bengals have come off wins. The Bengals uh, looking the most convincing last week, but a win is a win for Minnesota, even if it was a three nil win, <laughs> <laughs> especially if all the other six and six teams losing last week as well. Uh, they have made a change at QB of Nick Marlins and in the start after his game winning drive last week. And Josh todd has been demoted to third string QB behind Jaron Hall, which is a bit interesting, uh, and the Bengals on the other hand have looked pretty good with Jake Browning at QB. Uh, as Obviously, filling in for Joe Burrow, way better than I thought they would um, after Burrow went down for the year, um, especially. Um, they're at home too, so give me the Bengals to win this game. But I do think the Vikings will keep it close, especially if Justin Jefferson is back like he's expected to be in this one.
0: I mean, it's an electric quarterback matchup, isn't it, Browning versus Mullins? I think at the start of the season, you look at this game and you look at what would have been the playoff implications and you think, great, you know, it's Joe Burrow versus... Kirk Cousins is a big one. It's, oh, it just fails to get me excited, really. I mean, if Justin Jefferson's back, I think the Vikings look good. But the Vikings are coming back off the back of that 3-0 win against the Raiders, which was genuinely one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. But um, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. It's it's going to come down to the barest margins, but I'm going to take the Bengals.
1: Awesome. Right, Aaron, can you do me a favour?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you clap? Cause your video is so out of time with your voice, You're like thirty seconds behind video-wise. So I'm gonna obviously I have to edit it back and make okay. sure that your video is timed well, up. Do you, but, yeah. just restart, do
0: you want to just restart no,
1: no, no, it? No, 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 no. Because it's, it's. It, I can edit it back. It's fine. I just, okay. I, I just need you to clap so I can you know, <laughs> uh, match the audio file with the video. Right, okay. Thanks for that, mate. We'll go over to Interna- Indianapolis now, with the Colts are favourites in this one. Um, it's a second game with playoff implications of the two backup QBs, actually. But with the amount of QB injuries we've had this year, it's just a normal. Unfortunately, it's just a norm. Um, this one is a sixth seed against a seven seed in the AFC currently. So this game is just so big because whoever wins this one stands a terrific chance of reaching the postseason. Uh, it'll be Mitch Trubisky against Gardner Minchu, uh, with Kenny Pickett still not recovered from his ankle surgery. Um, the Colts were hoping to get Jonathan Taylor back for this one uh, after they struggled on offence against the Bengals last week, uh, but unfortunately he will not play, um, and the run game was especially bad in that game, too. Normally, I'd pick Mike Tomlin in a game like this, especially off a Thursday night game having extra rest, but God, the Steelers were awful against New England. So it just makes it difficult. difficult uh, it makes it a difficult one to pick. Um, you know, Taylor being out probably edges me towards the Steelers anyway. Um, so I'm going to go for them. But I'm interested to see to see how Gardner Mitchell handles the pressure from TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, who are both back for this game as well, um, but from concussions. So, yeah, uh, give me the Steelers, but I'm not confident about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think all you said about quarterbacks is true, and this game is actually huge. You look at it on paper, it doesn't really excite you, but it is huge for the rest of the season and playoffs-wise. I mean, the Steelers lost to the Patriots last week. And they were awful. They were very, very bad. And the Garden Minshew's sort of settling in. Well, he's been around for like been starting quarterback for some time now. And he, he seems to pop up in certain spots. And I think he might pop up in this spot. And I think Minshew Mania runs well. Yes, he's got a horrific defence running at him, like a crazy one. But um like crazy good wise. But uh I think I'm gonna take the Colts. I think Garden Minshew gets it done. Awesome.
1: Okay, we'll go over to our first featured game then between the Broncos and the Lions. It's in Detroit, and the, Tro- the Lions are four and a half point favourites. Um, Obviously, it's a Saturday night, Saturday night game between two teams that are trending in completely different directions. It's the first of three primetime games this week uh, with playoff implications as well. They're all brilliant. Um, And the Broncos have won six of their last seven after starting one and five and are playing some of the most complimentary football after a horrendous start to the season. And on the other hand, the Lions have started the season so well, but they just haven't looked convincing recently at all, probably since their big loss to Baltimore in Week 7, if I'm being honest, and they've lost two games recently to division rivals Bears and Packers. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, Owen, but I'm really excited for this one because, you know, I think we're, we're going to learn a lot about both teams, aren't we?
0: Yeah, it's a great match I mean, as you said, they're both trending in different directions and... Goff had a horror game last week, but it's Jared Goff at the end of the day, and this we always we said on this podcast many times that we're waiting for this Denver marriage to sort of click between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and it well and truly has. They've looked great. I think Denver fans are loving life at the moment, and it's it's going to go down as a big game. And I love these Saturday games because it means we get three great primetime matchups. But uh, it's a hard one to call, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, the problem for the Lions has been their defense. They're twenty uh, fifth in uh, uh, opponent. So um yeah, but offensive points per game allowed, and they're trending backwards. They're only they're allowing twenty seven point three offensive points per game in the last three games as well, which just meant us quite a lot as four scores a game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who wins the battle between them and the Denver offense, who are quite efficient, not scoring many points, but they're, they're they you know they're very good at getting points when they need to um you know all Lions games are shootouts whereas most of denver's wins have come with you know, domin- dominating on defense and scoring enough on offense um so that's why just makes this game so interesting and that sort of brings us nicely onto the lions offense that is still a top 10 offense but it's struggled by their standards recently going up against the denver defense that because their early struggles still sit quite low in a lot of numbers but they've been Brilliantly recently, since they lost to the Jets in week five, they've only really had 16 points per game, which, just, which is just some turnaround, isn't it, Owen?
0: Oh, completely. I don't think anyone really expected it either. It was sort of out of the blue, and it's been some turnaround. They've put away some good teams in their little run. I mean, they, they won five straight, they did drop a loss, but at the end of the day, they're looking like they could get a playoffs. And if they do, they're one of them teams you don't really want to play in the playoffs because they have nothing to lose. They didn't really seem at the start of the season like they would have playoff intentions, and that's what's scary about this team.
1: Yeah, for sure, and yeah, I said I'm just fascinated to see what happens between that that battle on offense because yeah, they've scored, Lance scored loads of points, but not as much recently, and obviously the, the Broncos' defense is trending up. So that it's it's just brilliant. It makes this game so difficult to call, as you say. I'm going to go for Denver, though. I think a bit of an upset with being in Detroit, uh, but they don't exactly fill me with confidence at the minute, if I'm being honest with you. you. know, Win this game, and I think Denver will probably have one foot in the pro season too with, the, with uh, New England and the Chargers at home and then uh, going into the Raiders in the remaining three games. So win this game. The, the Broncos are firmly in the playoffs, I think, in my opinion, uh, and I think they're going to do it. What about you?
0: I agree if they win, they're firmly in the playoffs, but I think forward field is a huge factor in this sort of game. And I think Detroit do get it done. And I think it will be tight and it will come down to a last last drive of the game sort of thing. But I do I'm gonna take Detroit. I back Dan Campbell, I back Jared Goff in a big sport and I'm gonna take Detroit.
1: Interesting. Right. Okay, we'll go over to Sunday now, and we'll uh we'll whip through the uh six p.m. slate because it's not very good at all, if I'm being honest. Uh, the game Sky have gone for in a pretty horrific early window is the Bucks going into Green Bay, um, and I thought it'd be either this one or Dolphins Jets, but I think this one had probably has a little bit more going for it because both teams would be in the playoffs if they started today. But, uh, somehow both at six and seven, which are just mental. Um, <laughs> the Bucks going to Green Bay after a huge win in Atlanta that saw them claim the lead of the NFC South, but weren't great at all. And Green Bay was shocked by the Giants on Monday Night Football, and looked more like their early season self in that game than the team that won four in in five heading into it, um, which makes it difficult to pick. I'm gonna go for Green Bay because it's at Lambo. I think that's that's pretty self-explanatory. There's obviously quite a big home-field advantage, which we'll get into uh, for uh, another big home-field in- advantage getting into the podcast later. But I think it'll be close, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks do put, pull it off. Uh, so I would bet them to cover, because it's quite a big spread here for the Packers that are favoured by. Um, yeah, And also the Bucks being without Chris Godwin doesn't really feel me of confidence either. So yeah, give me, give me the Packers in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you said, missing uh, critical win is huge for this Tampa Bay offence. And they have been looking okay when Mike uh, Evans puts gloves on. They're looking all right so far <laughs> this season. But, um, I think, as you said, Lambeau is huge. And Green Bay, don't feel with confidence, need to do Tampa Bay. It's mm-hmm. not, this 6pm slate is not, anything to get excited about. But I think this game will be featured a lot on red zone on Sunday. because I think it will be quite a lot, quite a high scoring maybe affair. But I agree. I'm going to say Green Bay, I think. Bucks continue to fall down, I think, later on in the season. And after that four and four, four wins and five. I think that that will be their highlight of the seasons. And I think it'll go down from here. So I'm going to take the Packers.
1: Awesome. Right. Uh we'll stay in the NMC South and go to atlanta or well, atlanta carolina they're both both in the nfc south the parkins go to carolina looking to get back to winning ways after losing the lead of the nfc south last week in that loss to tampa bay uh regardless of the tampa bay result they will go back to the top of the division with a win over carolina as they will have a better in division record to so win this and the parkins are top straight away um uh but yeah, if the if the Bucs win then obviously they'll be pretty close um either way. Uh the Panthers defence has been better lately, and I do think this will be a close one. The Falcons are fair by three and a half points, but um I think their offense will probably prevent them from winning this game. I think it's just been horrific, hasn't it, really, for the for, uh, for, for Bryce for and Co. So I think they're gonna they're gonna lose a, a a third uh division loss in a row. Um game in a row, unfortunately, for the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I mean this NFC South race. It was kind of exciting, it's really good. Um, I think Atlanta go back to the top. I don't think Carolina win this. They're sitting 1-12 on the season, as you said. It's been a disaster season for them. No one really expected much from them, but I don't think anyone expected them to look this bad. And yeah, I mean, Atlanta beat them on paper in most of the positional matchups, and that's why I'm going to take Atlanta to come to her and win.
1: Okay. Right, we'll go over to a game that I'm really looking forward to now, which I didn't think I'd be saying a few weeks ago, uh, between the Bears and the Browns. Uh, That's because Joe Flacco is playing so well at the minute, which is someone who obviously grew up watching that Ravens team is mm. so awesome to see um, and the Bears have won three of the last four, they probably should have won all four as well, unfortunately losing that first game against the Lions and have just won two games in a row for the first time since Matt Eberflus took charge, um, Justin Fields will be on for a career year, Halley stayed healthy this year as well, he's been excellent the last couple of weeks he was really, really good last week um, and they've had a much more creative offence recently as well, so I'm going to go for a Bears upset over the Browns, the Browns being injured, obviously they got quite a few injuries, and they're getting more and more um, as they go on. We don't know who's going to start a running back this week because there's a lot of running backs that that um, you know that are limited as well. So yeah, just give me uh, give me Chicago to win this one. I just got a feeling they're going to they're going to do, do something, and if they win this as well, they're firmly in the playoff hunt, which is mental. We don't think we're saying that about a month ago, would we?
0: Not at all. And it's one of them gut feeling ones for you, eh? But for mm-hmm. me, I mean, I'm, as I love in this chat, Joe Flacco, little thing, I think it's one of the greatest story of this year. It is my childhood watching him ball out for the Ravens. So it's quite nice to see him doing well. And I mean, this Chicago team, Justin Fields is sort of fighting for his role here because they have high picks and he's doing really well in a big spot. And I'm not sure how this one's going to go, but I think I'm going to take Cleveland. I think Joe Flacco continues to roll on, which is, if you tell me I'm going to say that sentence at the start of the year, I would have gone, no way. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Joe Flacco to continue rolling on. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm not I. Uh, I'm not sure about the spread. I mean, it's it's not a bad spread, but like this game could go either way. It's just as for you said, a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling for me yeah. to take this Cleveland, especially because of their defense. Mainly because mm. Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett, but um, <laughs> I'm going to take Cleveland to win this one.
1: Yeah, we'll see how much of an impact he can make because, obviously, he's been hurt recently. So, yeah, big game in this one, and I think he's on his way to defensive player of the year. Right, we'll go to Miami now, where suddenly, after the shock loss to the Titans, they need to beat the Jets in this game on Sunday to not sweat about being pipped to the first AFC East title since 2008. Uh, the Jets ended their five-game losing streak on Sunday with a big win over the Texans, where Zach Wilson looked pretty decent in what may be his last chance as a starting quarterback of the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, giving Miami to win this one, but I think the Jets will cover. It's quite a big spread. I don't like that at all. It's too big. You know, the Jets' defense can slow down anyone. We've seen that all year, and especially against a very injured Miami offensive line. Um, yeah. and we, you know, we still don't know if Tyreek Hill will play either. He didn't come back into. Sorry, he did come back into the game on Monday, but he's not practiced at all this week, which is not filling me much confidence there. You know. he's a veteran player, so maybe he will he will suit up. We see that with um, you know, a lot of players, um a lot of especially a lot of receivers that they went not practice all week and will we'll, we'll suit up on Sunday. But yeah, it's just all the uncertainty doesn't really form your confidence with Miami. I'm gonna pick them to win. Um but I think this will be a very, very, very close one. Um and you know, Nansen and Romo on this one as well. Uh this this will be very interesting I think.
0: Completely I mean there's suddenly a huge game for Miami season which I think no one expected that when loss and in the fight, it's just
1: if they lose, yeah. Buffalo are, are suddenly a little bit there now,
0: breathing down their neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a tough loss to Tennessee and it was an unexpected one. But this Jets offense is garbage, <laughs> and even though Miami's offensive line is quickly turning into Swiss cheese because of the amount of injuries they've had, it is still the Miami offense. And if they're without Tyreek Hill, I would think about taking the Jets, but I do think Tyreek Hill plays, I'd stay well clear of the spread. This spread is horrible. I'd say way clear of it. But I am going to take Miami to win. I think it's going to be a good little matchup in terms of defense versus offense with Miami on offense, obviously. But Zach Wilson, as you said, this might be his one of his last chances, and I think it will be. I mean, I, I love watching him play because you never know what's going to happen. But he's he's just he's continues to have those ups and downs. But I'm gonna take Miami and I think they move on to go ten and four in season.
1: Yeah, Vic Fangio's defense was terrible uh, against the Titans Ooh. on on a Monday night as well. So this is a big game for Fangio. You know, if you can frustrate Zach Wilson, uh, force a couple of turnovers, uh, or stop the run, especially as well with Brazil then that's how you beat the Jets team. Uh, even if you don't really have much on of offense, I think it'll be low scoring. But yeah, just just take Miami. But I'm not very confident. About it. <laughs> okay, we'll go over to New England now, where the Chiefs heading to um, yeah, head into Foxborough for the first game ever to be flexed out of Monday Night Football, <laughs> which seems weird for a Ooh. game between Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. But this horrific Patriots team has been on primetime a lot this year and the country are fed up of them, really. However, this game has had some spiciness added in um, to it this week with the report that apparently uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have agreed to part ways at the end of the season. Um, it's not been verified, but it has been in a lot of outlets recently, Um, which just makes it a little bit spicy. Maybe Belichick wants to go win this game, but I can't see the Chiefs Losing this because of the how bad the Patriots have been this year, but I am kind of tempted at uh you know at taking New England to cover because it is the biggest spread of, of this window um at nine and a half points is huge um yeah I'm not uh, yeah give me the Chiefs but with, especially if Isaiah Pacheco likes to be out again as well I'm not confident by it. <laughs>
0: I don't think any games on this six pm tonight. I'm totally confident about, but oh, apart from the Carolina one. But um, <laughs> has anyone checked on Mahomes Mahomes calmed down a bit because uh, gonna, they're going to need him for this one. I mean, Bill Belichick, as you said, is going to part ways. He's going to part ways, and so is Robert Kraft. And they will be looking for like one more little, little, I don't know, little gel on their career resume. But he, he has nothing to do it with. He has no, he has no talent. I'm not going to lie. His defense has been good. But the offence just continues to sign as fire. And Kansas City, I mean, they lost on Sunday in what was a hilarious matchup, And that whole <laughs> cycle was very funny. even though Kelsey's brilliant. But um, I wouldn't take the spread. I would say well, clear the spread. I would take Kansas City. I think this is one then where they just turn up, they win, they get out of there. They carry on with their season in their playoff hunt, which they will get. It's a tough one. I think knowing we could just spin some prime Bele- Bill Belichick stuff and We've got to turn over and roll over, but I don't know. I'm taking Kansas City. I think it's a safer pick here, so I'm going to take them.
1: Okay, uh, and then we'll go over to the NFC now, where the Giants heading to New Orleans, and then suddenly after wins of both teams last week, this game is massive in the NFC playoff picture. The Saints are half a game back on the Bucks and the Falcons right now after losing their first catch of both of them, so they need to stay in touch with both of them and, and the wild card spots by winning this game but the Giants are out of nowhere a game back themselves to the playoffs after winning the last three games with good defence and QB play from Tommy DeVito. Um, yeah, I think the Saints are probably too talented for me not to pick them, although that may come back to bite me as it has a lot this season, especially their injuries and offence. We just don't know who they are. They're up and down every single week, but I'm sticking with it. My favourite bet of the week, though, would be the Giants to cover the spread here because I think they're a good match and they look pretty good and six and a half for a, you know, Six and seventeen at uh, uh, home against a five and eight team. It's quite a big spread, so yeah, I think I think no, I think uh, the Giants will cover it, but uh, I just think the Saints will win.
0: It's Tommy DeVito's world, and we're just living in it. The bloke's been on fire three straight, hasn't thrown a pick. I mean, ah, he is. I don't know how he's doing it. He's proper though. Um, this Saints team. I feel so bad for Saints fans this year because it has been such an up and down ride. It's been such a roller coaster a year, and. They just can't seem to find a consistent running form, and I want to take the Giants in the big spot. And it's just because I want to see Tommy DeVito do well. I think he's one of the greatest storylines of this year. I mean, going into this year, it, it's just, it's just crazy. Especially his agent and dad on the sideline doing their antics is great to see. We've seen I mean, that
1: his um his agent's been inducted into the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame this week. Well, just because of the outfit,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, it's, I, apart, I, in all seriousness, though, this Giants team have had a bit of a turnaround in the last couple of weeks, and they have looked like they could get a couple more wins for the end of the year. And Saints are a weird team with ups and downs, and if Saints don't turn up, that like they haven't done many times this year, I think Giants will go and beat them, and I think that is what's going to happen this Sunday in the 6 p.m. state, and it's a six and a half spread. I'm backing to cover spread, obviously, because I'm backing to win. I'm going to back the underdog and say Giants.
1: There we are. And then we'll finish the 6pm window with an all AFC South game that has sung quite, sorry, swung quite significantly in the last few days. Um, the Titans are now favoured to win uh, their first AFC South game of the season after their night win over the Dolphins and because of the uncertainty surrounding Houston quarterback CJ Stroud. Uh, Stroud is in the concussion protocol and after a um, big hit in the loss to the Jets, uh, we won't know whether he clears it or not until Saturday, but the fact he hasn't practised this week doesn't seem very convincing at all. Um N- uh, Nico Collins and Will Anderson haven't practised practiced either so it's not looking great for any of the young stars really um, and if Shard can't go then Davis Mills will start in this place he's a serviceable QB but with the injuries and offence I just don't think I can pick the Texans right now so um you know, no no, no, tango, obviously. If there's no Nick Collins, no Will Anderson defense, obviously no Cedric Stard, then yeah, I'm going to go for the Titans uh, to win in their Oilers uniform against the Houston Texans, which I think will be brilliant. Uh, I can't believe they're wearing Ooh. them against 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 Houston, obviously, because they've got their, that, that beef over who's, whose uniforms they really belong to. Uh, but yeah, the Titans will going to be wearing them and they're going to win against Houston in them.
0: Is it great from Tennessee to wear their uniforms against Houston? It is unbelievable. But I mean... <sighs> Tennessee sit at seven and six, and Will Levis has kind of taken the season and made it his own, sort of. They're not seven and, and
1: six. That's my that's my that's my mistake. The Texans are seven Was it six. not? No, they're five and I eight.
0: I bad, Sorry, I was about to say, how are they seven and six? Yeah, um, no <laughs> 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 No, they are five and eight, and they're not looking bad. Will Levis has looked okay in his certain spots. But as you said, with the Houston potential injuries, that's their core four out. They're their star players of this season. And on offense, without them three huge players in Nico Collins' tank, Del and CJ Sharp, I don't think they get anything going. And that's why I'm pretty pretty safe in taking Tennessee to win this game. And it's a slim uh, spread, which represents how close it actually is. But yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee. I think they get it done in the Oilers' uniform. I don't think it's a pretty win, but I think it's a win nonetheless.
1: Right, okay. And We'll move over to the 9pm slate then, and then one of the games of the year, the Dallas Cowboys heading into Buffalo, the 10-3 Cowboys against the 7-6 and 6 Buffalo Bills. And this is the first of two featured games on Sunday, where the now NFC East leaders, the Cowboys, and number two seed as well, go into Buffalo to face off against the Bills, who have come alive in the AFC playoff race after winning at Arrowhead last week. In my opinion, Dallas are the best team in football. They're slightly better than San Francisco, and I feel like their QB has been a difference maker, unlike Brock Purdy. Um, And, you know, I think Dallas are more talented than every team in the AFC, certainly, for me. So they're the second-best team in the league, if not the first-best team in the league, as I said. Um, I don't know about you, Owen, but it's starting to look like they've got an excellent chance at the Super Bowl.
0: It's it's weird, and I don't like it. (laughs) Um, I agree they have been the best team in football this year and they have been unbelievable but the next three games to them are Bills, Dolphins, Eagles and that is a heavy slate and this suddenly becomes a must win for Dallas in terms of get your head and well they're pretty much already in the playoffs but if they win it's like yes you've got playoffs you've got 11 wins, you're fine but um, they need to win this one I think they have Dak playing at an MVP level and CD's looking unbelievable so far this year and likely the Bills have Mike Hyde and AJ Empadence are out, it's a huge game for both teams and it's going to be a mix and match. It's going to be a punch for punch. It's going to be a brawl, but Dallas are too strong. Dallas look unbelievable. Dallas they look phenomenal. And I don't want yeah. to say it, but I back Dallas and I think they really do have a good Super Bowl chance.
1: Yeah, having the uh, the onesie will certainly help with that as well. Mm. But they probably have to align the Niners to lose the game, probably to Baltimore next week um, to do that. Uh, so the Bills obviously win their remaining four games and they're in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. But as you said, this won't be difficult without AJ Peneza and Micah Hyde. Um, since Ken Dorsey was fired this, on offense, Joe Brady has stepped up and they've been pretty good. They were unlucky not to beat Philly. Um, but they did beat Kansas City last week and they should have beaten Dallas. They should beat Dallas this week. Um, you know, Sorry, and should they beat Dallas this week, they are sending a message to not only Miami, but who haven't wrapped up the AFC East quite yet but also the whole AFC. They're still here, win this game, and the whole AFC shouldn't be on alert, shouldn't it, Owen?
0: Completely. I mean, it's it's so hard to like pick because they should be on high alert, but they have looked very good. They have looked very good. And ever since, as you said, the change at OC, this Bills offense have been balling out and it, it, they have their key players playing well. And Dallas... I think Dallas is sort of due an off game. They've looked really good. And like, as we saw from Kansas City last week, and we've seen from Eagles so far this season, like every team has an off game. So you look at this one and you're thinking, I mean, you're looking at how Bills have been at the moment and you're looking at Dallas now they've been the moment. And you're like, it just takes one mistake sort of thing to, to completely flip the script, uh, script on its head. And I'm going to take, well, I said I'm going to take Dallas, but I'm not, Properly convinced about this one,
1: eh? Yeah. As you said, I'm pretty torn, too, to be a bit for this game. Um, the Cowboys haven't got a statement win away from home yet. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. th- before last week, they were like, who have you beat? They obviously they beat the Eagles in Dallas, you know. But they're a different team away from Jerry World. So it's going to be huge for them, as you said, these next two games against two of the teams that have the greatest home and field advantages in the entire nfl in, in obviously buffalo bills mafia freezing cold that's a huge home advantage and then you've got in miami where you've got um the sun coming down on you in the sideline and and obviously you've got the heat as well um it's quite again that's quite a difficult uh, stadium to play in so that's two really tough environments at buffalo so i feel like we're Really gonna learn loads about the Cowboys, and if if they do well in both those games, if they hang in there, let alone win those games so again, I think they're a, they're got a perfect chance of getting to the Super Bowl. I think they're um they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL right now. And it's why I'm going to pick them to do it. I think it's why I'm going to pick them to beat the Bills here. You know, going against the bookmakers who have got Buffalo as their favourite. Give me the Cowboys to win this game and give me uh, Dak Prescott to have another great game and solidify MVP if Tariq Hill does not get 2,000 yards in this one. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's go over to the NFC West now, where we've got the Niners going into Arizona. Um, they are now in possession of the one seed after, obviously, after they've beaten the, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, so they get the advantage over the other two, 10 and three teams. Um, the Cardinals beat Pittsburgh before their bye, um, which is a great performance from Kyler Murray. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> If there's another one of those against this defence, then it would be huge for his situation next year. Um, I was tempted by the Cardinals to cover this one because it's a huge spread, but they're quite injured at the school positions, which won't help Kyler Murray. So uh, I was going to pick the Niners anyway. I think they're so good, and I doubt I'll pick against them the rest of this year at all. (laughs) I think I'll probably pick them against Baltimore next week. Um, And yeah, for me, yeah, give me me the the Niners to win this one, but I think it'll be a little bit closer than the spread uh, says.
0: So I, a 13-and-a-half spread is crazy, and it does represent how good San Francisco have been this year. But it's Arizona only coming off a bye. And I know they're very injured at certain skill positions, but San Francisco have looks, they've looked good in big spots. But they've also let up some points on defence to some teams where you wouldn't expect them to let up points to. And, I mean, the Cardinals have been... They're sitting at 3-10, and ten, so it feels a bit silly to say, but they have been kind of one of the shock teams this season in terms of how well they've played. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. 3-10 was a they, reps Them and there. the
1: Rams. We thought they'd both be horrific, yeah. and both of them have, have looked very well coached and look like they're going to have good futures.
0: Mm. I mean, it's a big divisional matchup because if Arizona somehow gets something done, maybe the Seahawks have a chance. I, I, I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> Probably wishful thinking from me, but I don't think so. I'm going to stay clear of the spread because, God, that's a huge spread. But I'm going to take San Francisco to get it done. And I think it will be over before the halftime. We're
1: Okay. (laughs) Right. We'll go over to. LA, stay in the NFC West, we'll go over to the Rams now, um, who welcome the Commanders, um, who are also off their bye, as uh, the Cardinals were, um, but they've lost four straight going into that bye, um, and they're heading to an informed Rams team that was so close to their fourth straight win last week, losing in overtime to the AFC 1 seed Baltimore Ravens. Um, The Rams, for me, are way better coached, so I'm going to go for them, simple as, you know, give me Sean McVay or Romerberry any day, but for me, this has a close shootout written all over it. I like watching both offences, I really like what I see from Sam Howell especially, I think they've got something there, but I just love the you know the Rams, especially yeah over six and a half points here. Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't trust the Washington defense at all. Um, and it doesn't sound, and for their offense, it doesn't sound positive that Brian Robinson plays either. So give me the Rams, but I think this is gonna be a high scoring game just because both of these teams have played a lot of shootouts this year. But yeah, give me the Rams.
0: I agree. I mean, it's gonna be a high scoring, fair, but I think Aaron Donald's Christmas might have come early against this Washington <laughs> O line. Just give. Sam Howell's look great. He's looked promising. Just give him an O-line, please. I actually want to see what he's capable of. This, as you said, it comes down to coaching as well, which Sean McVay's clear in most categories in my eyes. But uh, I, I I would take the spread on the Rams. I don't think it'll be as close. I think it'll be high scoring, but I think they'll win by over one score, which is it's a six and a half spread. So, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the Rams. I think they're just too too talented on certain skill positions, especially if Brian Robinson is set to miss this one. I think that is a huge miss, and I think the Rams get it done.
1: Awesome. Right. We'll finish. Oh, also, I've you know fingers crossed. Sam Howell doesn't get killed by Aaron Donald, by the way, because <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a chance uh, that might happen. Um, okay, we'll uh, finish off the podcast by diving into the two prime games. We're gonna. Talk in depth about these. Um, and they involve teams that are in and around the playoff mix. Um, so they're, they're, they're mental. We'll uh, start, and really, really important, we'll start with something like football, where they wanted Ravens go into the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars, who've just lost a second straight game. Now, Jacksonville probably expected that when Trevor Lawrence got hurt, but they'll be disappointed by the way they lost to Cleveland last week after the remarkable you know, you know return to the lineup from Trevor Lawrence. And... Um, after the Dolphins lost to Tennessee, Baltimore are now in control of their destiny for that uh, bye week and home for advantage throughout the playoffs. But their next four games come against teams with winning records. And their next three opponents, the Jags, the Niners and the Dolphins, have a combined 28 wins between the three of them. So I think it's safe to say we're about to find out who the Ravens are, aren't we, Because they've had a pretty easy schedule up to now. Now they've got three of the best teams in the league back to back to back.
0: Completely. I mean, these number one seed Ravens have looked... Decent. They look good, especially on offense. But there is an asterisk because they haven't really played anyone with proper high pedigree pedigree so far this year. I do think. I do think. Come playoff time, we don't see them at number one seed because I think their schedule going into the last, one the next three games is very harsh. But the Gra- Jags are now scrambling after them two losses to Bengals and the Browns. I mean, they were yes, the Bengals one you could write up to travel on to being out, and even with the Browns one you could say. He made it back miraculously, but there's no way he's fully fit in that spot. There is no way. So you could scratch them up to that, but if they do go with Trevor Lawrence again, is he going to be fit? Is he going to be fully fit? It's still very soon from that injury that he picked up. I think Jacksonville get get it done in this one. I think... Not Jacksonville, sorry. I think Baltimore get it done in this one. I think they are just... I think they continue rolling. I think the hype continues to build around this Baltimore defense, uh, offense and defense alike. But... If you just look at the next two games after this one, I think they, I think it might be a harsh reality for the Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I think I'm a bigger fan of Jacksonville than many are. I think mean, their defense, obviously, it leads the league in takeaways, so that would be a huge factor mm. in this game. And I like their offense. Um, you know, I think on their day they can beat anyone, but I'm not so sure their offensive line can hold up against a team that literally leads the league in sacks. In ravens. uh, sacks per game. Sorry, oh, but um, obviously sacks too. But yeah, they have a an outstanding pass rusher, but they've just got people who you' know, just got they just combine for sacks as a team. Um, you know, just yeah, just a mix people in there and uh, like Buffalo have for the last couple of years, and they uh, yeah, they can really put pressure on uh on a quarterback, which with Trevor Lawrence's ankle isn't great at all. So I'm gonna pick Baltimore to win, but you know, I would probably take the Jags to cover. Um, you know, or maybe be tempted. to to do that as the weekend goes on. because I'm not very confident on this one because I love the Jags. Uh, but yeah, the Ravens is just a little bit more healthier. Um, well, and that defensive line against that offensive line, really. Um, yeah, that's, that, 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 that that's, that's what swings it for me. So yeah, give me, give me the, uh, give me the Ravens to beat the Jags here. And then we'll finish off the podcast by breaking down the Monday Night Football game between the Eagles and the Seahawks, and this one is super fun because both teams really need a win here. If we're being honest, the Eagles are now the five seed after losing two straight. Um, so they're now top seeds in the NFC. Um, obviously Dallas and San Francisco, um, uh, win this and Dallas lose to Buffalo and they reclaim the lead of the NFC East. Um, but this obviously in Dallas win then obviously they're they're a game behind the Cowboys and they probably look they're going to get the five seed. Um. Seattle have lost four straight for the first time since Pete Carroll and John Schneider took over in 2010, and they're in a weird spot because it sounds like the locker room is probably split a little bit, uh, but they have faced the three best teams in the league in each of their last four games. So, um, yeah, Owen, with Seattle, clearly, it's, they're, you know, obviously it's huge, but they're they're in a weird spot because they're kind of expected to lose these games, weren't they?
0: Oh, completely. It's been a horrific little, little bracket, little slate for the past four weeks. I mean, you look at played the Niners twice and the Cowboys once and now you're heading to Philly on a Monday night big spot and it's the best time to play Philly it looks like after their, their defense is leaking points and it is it's apparent that they've, they've got problems on defense but it's still the Philadelphia Eagles and they still have this star-studded offense which I think will have a field day against this what seems like a non-leadership apparent Seattle defense where they wow. where they leave men wide open in the midfield and it's <laughs> it's a mess. It's, it's, it's weird a against Nines, doesn't it? It was mm. weird because you
1: you they obviously there's a lot of there are some of coverage um, plays, but they kept it close. You know they did force mm. a couple of turnovers. They did keep it close, but yeah, I think um, I think obviously the Nines were just too good last week. But yeah, that's the thing; they're sort of they're sort of stuck. You know, and against the odds, win from them here. Would probably stand them in good stead for a wild card place because they've got a really favourable schedule coming up after this game. And while I lost, you know, obviously a yeah, loss would put them at six and eight, but our, our team will make the playoffs at nine, and, nine and eight. I think or maybe even mm-hmm. eight and nine. If we're being honest, the way it's going now in the, yeah. in the NFC. So yeah, I lose this game, it's not over. But you know, if as you said, it's probably the best time to play um, Philly right now, isn't it? Because you know they they probably want to get out to a good start because they've been bullied away the last two games right out the gates and just not recovered you know they're determined to prove everyone wrong that they're not a you know a, just a, a team that you know doesn't re- that um starts slow and and you know just picks up in the second half they probably want to start they probably want to start off strong so that's why but, I mean, but that's why the first quarter of this game is gonna be really interesting to watch because yeah both, both teams really if they start off strong they'll probably win a game obviously if seattle Get running the football, um, you know, there's, that, there's that, that crazy stat that if um, you know, if Kenneth Walker plays Seattle and Seattle only has sixteen carries, Seattle will normally win the game. I think it's mm. like it's it's something that I think they've lost three times or three or four times in which yep. is just mental. So so uh so both teams are trying to you know, dominate the, the ground game early on, um, and it's just yeah, it's just fascinating for me to see. Um who's gonna win it. Um yeah, just and then you got obviously the interesting matchup between the Seattle offence and the Eagles defence, where you know, as you say, the Eagles defence has surrendered a lot of points this year this, this year, so it has a shootout vibe to me. Um and obviously the Seattle offence has a lot of talent all year at school positions. They've been up and down in, like last year because they've they've had a lot of injuries there as well, which has been unfortunate. Um yeah, so obviously they've put up a lot of points this year, but it's been up and down. So we don't really know what Seattle offences are gonna turn up. It does sound like Junior Smith will start, mm-hmm. but honestly, I don't know about you, Matt. I don't think there'll be much difference if he doesn't start because uh, Drew Lock actually impressed.
0: Me. I mean, <laughs> last week Drew Locke surprised, I think, all of us. I think mm-hmm. I don't think he was the problem in that loss. He looks, he didn't look good, but well, he didn't look bad either. He sort of he took it. Well, he took it as you would expect him to take it, and this has been the year where we've seen either backup quarterbacks float or sink, and I think he's one of them that floated, especially in that game. He's a bit worrying for Seattle because. You look at that loss of the niners you go oh we had a backup quarterback but not really he weren't really at fault for that loss i think we lost the game at other places in that in other positions wise okay joe wright has come out in the week i don't know if you've seen him talk about the leadership within the squad and uh talk about how it lacks leaders and they look at Conjo Diggs and juno smith as leaving leaders but there's more internal battles and battles focusing on their next opponents that's true and pika lost the locker room a bit something's got to give well,
1: that fight of- last week was interesting. Mm. It was DK. It's not the first fight that DK's had this year either, is
0: it? Not, not, not by a long stretch. He has talked midweek about how him and AJ Brown's going to be the juggernaut matchup and stuff like that. I mean, they're mates. Obviously, I get that. Yeah, college reunion.
1: Both played at Ole Miss yep.
0: together. Yeah. So, they're, they're they're good friends. I mean, if Seattle get this done, if Seattle, because <sighs> they have come out of the gates. They have, they do start well. They've come out of the gates. You saw against the Niners that big bomb past DK Metcalf when he picked up all the speed and ran to the end zone, they can start fast. And I think if they do start fast and get 10 unanswered points on the board, even that, I think, would do. And I think you can probably carry out a win out against this Eagles side with a 10 unanswered unanswered points to start the game. If they can do that, I think they could go on to win. And I'm going to choose violence. I think that might happen, (laughs) genuinely. I think... I think Seattle start games well, and I think Philly don't start games well at all. And we've seen, as you said, in the past couple of weeks about how that can affect them in the long run during the game. So I'm going to take Seattle. I'm not sure why. Probably personal bias, but I'm going to take Seattle. No, do you know what, mate? I get it. I, honestly, I, I was tempted. I'm
1: going to pick the Eagles in this one. But you know, as you're saying, I think it will be closer than people will imagine it will be. Um, and I just get the sort of... I get a similar vibe to the Dallas game, um, obviously also at Lumenfield mm. Field as well a few weeks ago, where it's just shootout, shootout, um, you know. And I feel like you can get a game done against Philly when, obviously Dallas. I think we're a little bit too strong in the end in that game. So yeah, g- mm. give me, um, give me the Eagles to win this one anyway. But I'd think it'd be really, really close. And honestly, I flip of a coin when it comes to Monday night. I just, yeah, I'm, it's gonna I'm not confident great. by a prediction at all. To be it's honest.
0: gonna be one. It's gonna be one then that you set out for. I think. I think. Oh, yeah, you know perfect. how it normally is for us UK fans. You think I'll watch half-time and if it's boring, I'll go to sleep sort of thing. But I think think a lot of people will be struggling to get to work on the Tuesday after this one.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, you yeah, know, obviously, I only sort of asked you about a couple of hours ago, mate. So thank you for stepping in last minute and coming onto the podcast. It's been great. Uh, yeah, so you're yeah. welcome on any anytime again. We'll I'll probably have you on before the end of the, the regular season anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Cheers, mate. I mean, it's great to be on. So it was a bit of a shock, but...
1: Yeah, love it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, well, that, that's it for our week 15 recap. It's, you know, obviously it's been a bit of a speedy one just because we've got every single team in the league to talk about today. So it's just been mm-hmm. it's been a quick fire podcast. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been our week 15 uh, preview. I will see you for the week 15 recap on Tuesday morning after this big Monday night football game between the Eagles and the Seahawks. And who, who knows? Maybe, maybe Seattle will get it done and maybe maybe they do really um know, yeah, maybe they <laughs> they send the Dallas Cowboys uh, and the Niners um really um uh, give well send them to closer to their um yeah well closer to a well, that might be a very tasty NFC Championship game. Imagine that Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Niners, Cowboys—that is just history right there. It's huge. So that's, yeah. that's what I was just trying to say. That is just—that just screams to me '90s football. Um, <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm sorry for the mm-hmm. fans, but I'm here for a Dallas San Francisco Super Bowl, um, oh no, not see Bob but NFC Championship game. And um, yeah, for me as well, that that would be mental because. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Niners just blew away the Cowboys earlier in the season so maybe it's a different result, maybe it's not anyway, let's stop fantasizing let's finish the podcast, as I said Owen, thank you for joining me on this podcast, it's been the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast and I will see you for the week 15 recap